What's up, everyone? We're back for another episode of Locked On Bucks. A uh, little bit delayed on the post-game pod today, but we do have an Orlando game to wrap up, and we have another Orlando game to look forward to. I saw our friend Eric Name. He's sunning himself by the pool right now. I assume most of the Bucks roster is doing the exact same thing, so we'll talk about that. It was a little bit of a strange game. Always a little bit testy when the Bucks play the Magic, which is a little bit weird, but we're going to get into that and much more. Let's get started. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. I'm your host, Kane Pittman. You can see and hear me on this show daily and also find my work over at ESPN. And joining me, uh, regular co-host, uh, the, also one of the co-hosts of the Technical Foul podcast, backed by popular demand, Camille Davis. For today's episode, that is brought to you by True Bill. True Bill is a new app that saves you money by helping you identify and stop paying for the subscriptions you don't want or need and can even negotiate better deals on those you want to keep. Uh, as always, we thank everyone for making Locked On Bucks your first listen of every day. And uh, I know a lot of you make Locked On Bucks your first listen of every day because when we don't have a podcast straight after the game, people start freaking out. They start getting a little bit concerned. Um, but I do want to say, Camille, uh, I was a little caught up. Things happened yesterday, so I couldn't do a post-game pod. But I messaged you at approximately 2.15 a.m., uh, to see whether you could do this podcast today. And I did that because for me, that was about 7 p.m. I was just wrapping up the day. Uh, and I wasn't expecting a response until I woke up in the morning. And here we are about five minutes later. You're like, yep, let's do it. Let's, let's podcast. And I said, okay, <laughs> we can discuss this tomorrow because I don't know what you're doing up at this time, but I did not expect a response. But as always, your commitment to Locked On Bucks can never be questioned. Oh, yeah, for sure. I just happen it happened to be one of those nights, you know, where you fall asleep on the couch and then when you try to get up and go to actual bed, it's not happening. So like, I was awake, awake. So I just spent some hours binge watching the newest season of Hell's Kitchen because I was like, when did this even come out? So I was up watching Gordon Ramsay yell at people for a couple of hours until I fell back asleep. By the way, uh, for those watching on YouTube, and if you haven't subscribed to YouTube, we're, we're closing in on 2K, so you should uh, really help us get to that 2K uh, milestone, plateau, whatever you want to call it there. But it looks like you have uh, some merch going on for the Technical Foul podcast. Uh, oh, it looks yeah. like a lovely, lovely T-shirt you've got on there. Yes, this was our uh, four-year anniversary tee. We modeled it after the NWA album cover, calling us the, the most dangerous podcast in the in the sports game so um yeah it's a little little merch little shout out to my guys over at tech file all right this game the bucks win 127 to 110 and before we get into the details of this game perhaps the strangest part of this and there was a lot of strange things that happened but perhaps one of the strangest parts of this was uh, a player i hadn't heard much about uh, before watching this game hasani gravitz and i actually thought that uh, lisa was calling him Gravit during the game, and it's absolutely not her fault. I just had never heard of this player, so I was trying to figure out what his name was, but he was playing pretty well. Uh, he he played 18 minutes uh, in this game, but post-game, and I mean immediately post-game, 
he went into the health and safety protocols. And this is so strange. And by the way, our friend DJ Wilson uh, playing up in Toronto was in the health and safety protocols, I believe, until halftime of the Raptors game. And then he came out in the second half and played. So there's all sorts of weird stuff going on around the league. I don't really understand how like this happened or whether it was just a delayed test or something like that or he started feeling unwell and did a, did a rapid test or whatever it may be. I'm not sure what came into this, but I will say I can't really get too angry or fired up about it considering the state of the league right now and weird stuff like this is going to happen. I've said I understand why the league is trying to push through. It does make some sense to me, but you are going to have weird instances like this come down. But I again, most Bucks fans were just like, well, okay, hopefully this doesn't start something back again in the roster. I don't know whether that should be something people should actually be worried about, but just very strange. It's extremely strange, but I mean, we're, we're living during a pandemic, which in itself makes everything that we're doing somewhat strange. I think it's important to kind of keep in mind that we are not living in a normal time just between COVID and whatnot. And the fact that the league is just trying to push through games, um, this appears like it's just going to be part of the discourse, especially with how many cases are raging right now, um, just in general with this new variant this just seems to be the new normal, at least for now, that we're going to be having to deal with as sports fans, as just human beings, period. So, of course, I hope that he is OK um, coming down with the with the virus. And I also hope that it doesn't um, affect any Bucks players or other Magic players, because I didn't even realize how many guys the Magic had out until before the game or yesterday when. They show 10 faces <laughs> that are out either between injury or health and safety protocols. And it's like, oh, my goodness. Like, I don't even know half of the guys who are playing right now at this point. It's just it's a strange time to be one alive, but also trying to play uh, basketball. So that just seems like it's going to have to be something that we we're getting used to. So the Bucks will play the Magic again tomorrow. So grab it at this point is the one player that's been added to the injury list, as you already pointed to. Uh, but there's Cole Anthony, Mo Bamba, Michael Carter-Williams, Markel Fultz, Jonathan Isaac, Etuan Moore, Michael Mulder, uh, Jimmy Okiki, T- Terrence Ross, Jalen Suggs as well. So if you look at the box score, there's actually 22 names listed on the Orlando Magic box score right now, which is just a, a sign of the times. I don't think unless anything crazy happens that this game will be postponed because miraculously... The Magic still reeled out an 11-man rotation in this game, which is crazy to think about. But that's how many uh, players they've added to the roster here over the last few days. So I think that the game will still go ahead. As far as the Bucks go, this looked like a game they were going to win by 60 points at halftime. It looked like it was over. Our friend Justin Garcia tweeted a gift during the third quarter, which was, I can't remember what movie it was from, but I just remember the tweet. It was just a kid playing with his food. It felt a little bit like that sometimes when you're leading by so much. Uh, you can let the lead get away there, particularly to start the second half. But they gave up a 19-0 run. But is there anything specifically you're taking away from this game? Because if you just looked at the two teams on the floor, there's no way Orlando had any business in this being a close game. In the end, they lose uh, 127-110. Yeah, so I also felt like most other Bucks fans at halftime thinking, you know what, this game is going to end early. I'm going to go to Culver's in the fourth quarter, turn on the radio. Like, I'll have plenty of time. I won't miss anything. And as the third quarter just rolled on and the Bucks couldn't buy a basket, it was just getting really tough for them. And all of a sudden, Orlando's hitting and the run keeps growing and growing and growing. And the next thing you know, the Bucks lose that quarter by like 12 points. But 
given the fact they built up such a large lead in the first half, the Bucks are still up. So at that point, what it comes down to is just win the fourth quarter, play play strong in that moment, and do what you need to do. And the Bucks, I've seen it a few times so far this season where they just kind of like they just kind of turn it on a little bit, where it's just kind of like we're 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 done with this. The defense kicks up, and everything just goes from there. So, um, it's been interesting to see. Yeah, I mean, these uh, again, this is another one of these teams that the Bucks have just completely dominated for a number of years now. I was trying to think about it before we started recording. I think this is 10 straight against the Magic, but they have mm-hmm. uh, long streaks against the Pacers. Obviously, the Pistons are another team that they've beaten a lot. Cleveland, so uh, Chicago Bulls, they've, they've beaten a lot over the last few years as well. So there's a number of teams in the East that the Bucks have just completely dominated. Uh, this was another one of those games. But do you ever have any serious concerns about Giannis being on the floor at the same time as Mo Wagner? <laughs> only for Mo, only for Mo. Um, the thing with, with, with Giannis and, and, and Mo is just kind of like, I don't really understand exactly when it happened. Um, but at this point, there there's some bad blood there. But it seems like Giannis just kind of tries to play through it. I mean, we saw the little clip from Christmas Day where it seemed he was saying something disparaging about uh, Marcus Smart. So, like, if Giannis doesn't like a guy, like, generally he's just going to try to play through it from what it seems like. So, no problem with Mo being out there. And Mo's brother, he had himself a game against the Bucks. He had a game. So, France had 38.7 rebounds, three assists. And and I don't know whether this was just the, my general laziness with watching this game because I didn't think that the Bucs were ever going to lose. But I didn't know that he had 38 points until uh, I looked at the box score after. It was kind of – and I, I think part of that is just how much the Bucs are winning by. But nonetheless, uh, for a rookie, it's not quite Brandon Jennings, but a, a, a decent a decent showing in the end from Franz uh, Wagner. He certainly looks like the better player uh, out of the, the two on the Orlando Magic team. Anyway – um, but uh, before we move on, and I do want to talk about Giannis a little bit more, uh, but before we do that, I do want to talk about True Bill. True Bill is a new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions you don't want, need, or simply forgot about. On average, people save up to 720 bucks per year with True Bill because companies make subscriptions hard to cancel. True Bill makes it incredibly simple. Just link your accounts and True Bill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in one tap and your True Bill concierge is there when you need them to cancel those unwanted subs. Uh, so you won't have to do it. Uh, don't fall for these scams. These companies, they're trying to set you up, Camille. Start canceling today at truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. Uh, go right now, truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. It could save you thousands a year. Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. So as we continue the conversation around Giannis, uh, we do again. Thank you for making Locked On Bucks your first listen of every day. And uh, once you're done with Locked On Bucks, uh, the Packers are getting close to the postseason, Camille. Is your excitement level uh, through the roof? Are you keeping it level-headed? Uh, the Packers just a, a regular season team. How do we feel? <laughs> for me personally, um, I come from the mindset that all you really want to do at the end of the day is be in the conversation. You want to give yourself a chance to to make it to the big game. And as a Packer fan, we've gotten a little spoiled, I tend to say, um, having two Hall of Fame quarterbacks back to back. I mean, pretty much my whole lifetime has been stellar Packer play. I've only known good Packer teams and we've come short the last few years and it it sucks when it's not your year again and again and again and again. But I mean, we could be the Bears. So at this point, I'm just taking it 
as it comes. I'm trying to stay as even killed as I possibly can, but I am very excited to see this team in the playoffs because I don't know. It just feels like this team's a little bit better than last year's team, but um, COVID pending and everything like that. I, th- I think we should, uh, we should have a good shot. Listen, I'm from Geelong in Australia, and the Geelong Australian football team is basically uh, they're similar to the Packers. They won the title in 2007, 2009, 2011, uh, but basically from that 2011 stretch to right now, they've been in the top few teams in the regular season every single year, but they haven't won since 2011. So it's the same thing. Like my friends give me a bit of shit. They're like, oh, they're always chokers, and I'm like, yeah, but your team sucks. Like you, you're miserable. 12 months yeah. of the year. I'm only, I'm only miserable for one month of the year. So I would still, I would still, still take my situation. I'm speaking of miserable at uh, 12 months of the year. I feel like being an Orlando Magic fan would, would be a, a pretty miserable experience. You spoke about Giannis and, and Mo Wagner, and I think you're right when it comes to players that he doesn't like. And I think that there is a, a select few. And I do think, although Thanasis did come on Instagram, I saw and said that uh, Giannis actually said in that incident with Marcus Smart, um, that he actually just said, I need to dunk that. Um, I don't know. I'm not going to try and read his lips. Uh, I was there the day in the locker room after he said something or allegedly said something about Ben Simmons. Um, he also denied that to me when I asked him about it. So listen, I'm, I'm not going to try and read his lips, but you can make up your own uh, decision there with what he actually said or your own interpretation. But Marcus Smart is on the list. I think Ben Simmons is on the list. Certainly Mo Wagner is on that mm-hmm. list. And it's actually, I actually just worry about Giannis from a physical standpoint because he, he doesn't, I don't think that he's really going to get in a fight. Sometimes he's certainly on the edge. Like, d- don't piss this man off because he will come at you. But I think for the most part, it's just an, a different level of aggression that he tries to really physically dunk someone into another universe. Like, he really physically wants to, to monster them. Poor old uh, Freddie Gillespie uh, found out this in this game. Now, this was a massive flop. But I was trying to think about Giannis and who's the biggest freight train in the league. And I think Giannis clearly is. LeBron was always has always been like that as well. Maybe not so much now as he, as he has sort of gotten older, but certainly there was a, a long stretch of time where if LeBron wanted to get downhill, you can try and take a charge if you want, but he's probably going to be there too quickly, too athletically for you to get position. And we sort of saw that with Freddie Gillespie. I think a lot of people thought that this was an offensive foul. Uh, they challenged the play. But in the end, he, he wasn't in position. And Giannis didn't really do anything wrong. He just kind of steamrolled through him. Now, it's a football play, not necessarily a basketball <laughs> play, but I don't think you can call it an offensive foul. No, I don't think you can either. It's one of those plays where um, I just, when I saw it live, I just said, wait room. Like, if you can, yeah, hey, that was your decision to be there in that moment when Giannis, when you saw the train was coming. Um, and you bring up LeBron as a great example. When I first saw LeBron in person, um, years ago at the Bradley center, I was just kind of like, this man looks like a tight end. Like there's no way that he should be playing basketball. And after seeing him like in person, it made so much sense to me why he was able to do some of the things that he does on the court when it comes to getting to his spots forcefully, if need be. And I see the same thing with Giannis. Like Giannis is just so strong at this moment where if you're not willing to really sit there and take that charge, Oh, my light just died. Take that charge. Then, um, it's going to be difficult for you. It's going to be really difficult for you to do anything uh, with them. So one thing that he hasn't necessarily improved on, and he always improves on everything, but he hit a three yesterday. And I was thinking to myself, geez, it feels like it's been a long time since Giannis hit a three. I don't know if that's actually true or not. Um, but just looking at his splits 
across the season so far. So in December now, he's six for 23 from three. Uh, he was only 14 for 52 in November and nine for 31 uh, in October. So those percentages, 29% in October, 26% in November, and then he's down to uh, 26.1% in December. So again, I've always been pretty strong, certainly in the last year, that I don't really care about the three-point shot. I don't think he necessarily needs it. We've seen him take steps in in other ways, but it's probably just the latest reminder. If pre, In preseason next year, when Giannis starts knocking down all those threes, um, it's just another reminder we should probably just chill. I mean, we know the three ball has never been Giannis's yeah. strongest suit. That is the weakest part of his offensive game if you really want to just, you know, say something. You might be able to argue free throws, but, like, the, the three, he's not seen as much of a threat out there at all. And after a while, because when he was younger, I did keep saying, man, if he could just learn to shoot, if he could just learn to shoot a three, he'd be unstoppable. And sometimes I still hear commentators saying that, but now I don't necessarily agree with that. After the playoff loss to, uh, gosh, which one was it? The bubble, the bubble year, when we lost in the bubble. And I was like, he, what he really needs outside of a three-point game is really just more of a post game. If he can figure out how to create his own shot around the basket when he's walled off or he gets stopped, that's when his game will go to the next level. And if he adds a three on top of getting a post game, that's just that's just icing on the cake, which I could see Giannis doing later on down the line because the man never stops working. He's never satisfied. He's always trying to add to his game. So I could see it being something that comes. And when I say that, I don't mean that I think that at some point Giannis is going to be like a 45% shooter from three or 40% shooter from three or anything like that. Maybe just 33, one, one out of three. Make one out of three every so often. Just something that people will kind of be like, okay, you actually might shoot this and make this. I, I'm going to come out here. But with so many, as many tools as he has in his bag, um, although some said he didn't have a bag at all, <laughs> it's <laughs> it's kind of like pick your poison. And I guess what you would choose, which most teams do, is let him shoot because we know if he gets close to the basket, it's almost automatic at that point. So, I mean, I won't get too excited over preseason threes myself again, but um, I know he's going to keep working at it. And as long as he can just keep producing and growing his game, then you know I won't I won't be too upset about it. So I think part of the problem is that he actually takes a lot of heat check threes. That that three that, that three that he hit yesterday was beautiful. There was kind of a hand in his face. He sort of held the pose a little bit, uh, which we love to see. And then next possession down, I, I in my head I was like, oh man, he's pulling up for this three, and he did. And I, and it was an air ball, and I was like, well, and it was in the middle of Giannis really trying to take over the game. But I do think, uh, and by the way, if there's anyone that's uh, deserving of taking heat check shots, it's Giannis. So literally, I know going back a while ago. And there was some frustration with some of the threes he used to take. But honestly, shoot whatever you want to shoot, man. As long as it's not you know, 15 threes a game, I'm totally fine with it. But those types of three-point attempts is why uh, his percentage is probably uh, probably lower than it. It potentially could be if he just shot threes that were open or um, just the one dribble catch and shoot that we see him do from time to time. But those pull-up threes uh, in transition where he brings the ball up the floor and he's feeling himself a little bit don't always uh, pan out that well. But... Um, speaking of three-point shots, though, they did pan out well for Bobby Portis. I want to talk about Bobby mm-hmm. and Dante DiVincenzo because at the start of the season, we spoke about Bobby Portis and his three-point percentage last year. We said, I don't know, if this is sustainable. It seems like the high 40s from last year probably won't stay there. I wouldn't have bet on it, but I will no longer bet against Bobby Portis. But if you are into betting, Bet Online has you covered this holiday season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before, uh, particularly as football 
continues its march uh, to the playoffs. So that's Bet Online, your number one spot for all the sports action. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code Locked On to receive your bonus, whether it's basketball, football, hockey, boxing, UFC, whatever it may be. If you want to bet on Deron Williams, you can do that. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Don't wait to take advantage of all those offers we have got for you. Uh, that's Bet Online, where the game starts. Watching Bobby Portis and his interactions with Mike Budenholzer is one of my favorite things to do on this team, Camille. And uh, part of the reason why I think everyone loves Bobby Portis so much, and I think also a reason why DeMarcus Cousins has become quickly a, a little bit of a fan favorite is because of the passion that they play with. But Bobby Portis, I always felt, and this is going back to last year as well, I always feel like Budenholzer has to kind of, or, or wants to really reel him in or rein him in or just keep him focused, I think might be the best way to describe it. There was one play early in the season last year, and I think it was one of the first times when Bobby Portis did the flex after he finished in the paint, and he was flexing to the crowd, and the opposition was already on a four and five break the other way. And Bud was almost at the free throw line about to grab him by the back of the, the neck and throw him up the court. Um, and there was a little bit of this yesterday because Bobby Portis was just enjoying himself. He hit his first five threes. I think it was again, we've seen him hit. Uh, we've seen him go six for six, I think multiple times so far this season. He finished with 19 points, seven rebounds, seven for nine from the field. And as I mentioned, didn't miss a three. It's honestly pretty remarkable. This, this Bobby Portis story in Milwaukee and now he's starting for this team. And of course we all acknowledge how much the team misses Brooke Lopez for a number of ways. Mm -hmm. Um, But to have Bobby Portis again, just to think back to the money, he certainly left on the table. I mean, uh, this is the sad part about this. He's going to get paid at some point and and probably priced out of Milwaukee, you would think, but it's been a massive couple of years for him. And yesterday was just another one of those days where it was extremely fun to watch uh, the whole Bobby Portis package. Yeah, when you were talking about Giannis taking the heat check threes, I was thinking to myself, he was probably watching Bobby and said, you know what, that looks fun. I want one of those too. Because Bobby, I think his last three that he hit, he was either the fourth or the fifth one. It was a contested three. He just pulled up. I forget whose face it was in, but he just pulled up. And when he hit that, he just kind of knew. Like, he like, no, it's it's my night. There's nothing else that can stop here. And I think that's actually when Bud talked to him where he was like, hey. (laughs) (laughs) But um. Bobby's been he's just been such a plus to have on this team and I know that he left money on the table to come back to Milwaukee my hope is that he's making that up and endorsement dollars off the court from being a champion now from from being a winner from just how much love he's been getting period having Bobby has been such a plus for us because I mean one he's he's a bucket Bobby Buckets is a real nickname. I know that's one of his favorite nicknames that he has. And it's it's well-earned because what Bobby's able to give you as a, as a scoring big is so needed in times where the offense just kind of stalls because you know Bobby's going to find a way to get his shot. And most times, especially if it's a three, like it's going to be a good look for him. You love to have him. And I think, honestly, similar about Pat Connaughton where I'm like, he's starting to play himself out of his current contract. And I'm trying not to think too much about the future when it comes to Pat, but it's kind of like he might not be here too much longer either because he just might price himself out of what the Bucks are able to offer. Him and Bobby are my two where I'm just kind of watching them and I'm happy to see the growth in their games because, one, I'm happy for the guys themselves. Two, happy as a fan of the team to see that, you know, we're getting players who can contribute 
But three, like the pessimistic side of me is kind of like, how much longer will we be able to watch them do this in a in a Bucks jersey? Um, so I'm happy for Bobby. I am. And I'm also happy for Pat too. But I just think about that a lot where I'm like, these guys are probably pricing themselves out if they're looking to get another deal after their current one is up. It's such an interesting conversation because I think about that exact point that you made a lot. And when you're playing on a team that has Middleton and has Drew Holiday and, and obviously has Giannis, I've always been curious about how players that are probably outplaying what their role should be elsewhere or the expectations are higher or the, the shot quality is not the same and they, they are in it, they're, they're viewed differently on poor teams. Think of Bobby Portis in New York and, mm-hmm. and where all these other stops along the way. Now he gets in the perfect situation. So do I think that there's a team out there that's going to want to pay Bobby Portis? I would assume so, but I don't think that he's ever going to be in a better position to thrive than is than he is right now. And the easiest way to look at that is the shots that he has been taking. It was interesting that he's always been a pretty good three-point shooter. I mean, over the course of his career, he's 38.6%, but he's only taken 2.5 threes per game in that time. Now, part of that, obviously, he hasn't been a major, major, major minutes guy across the course of his career. And But even last year in Milwaukee, he was only taking 2.4 threes a game at that 47%, which is obviously pretty low. Uh, he was playing 20 minutes. The minutes are up to 28 this year, but the three-point attempts are up to 4.7. So he's doubled the three-point attempts, and his percentage has only dropped to 47 to, from 47 down to 43. He's still at 43% this season. And I think Pat is the same. The, these guys are asked to shoot threes, a lot of them open threes, and rebound. And, mm-hmm. and they have to be smart defensively, but they're playing alongside guys that have been in this system for a long, t- long time, particularly when you've got Drew Holiday and Giannis. You're talking about the elite of the elite defensively. So I think it, I, without wanting to disrespect what they've done, because clearly to get to this level, it's, it's a lot of work and they deserve all the credit, but it's also a perfect situation for them. And I think part of that is why Bobby Portis, and he sort of alluded to this in, in some of the interviews he's had, that's why he came back because he understands this is a great position for him to play the best basketball of his career. At some point, you probably want to cash in on that, I, I would assume, and no one can blame them for doing that. Uh, but I, I do wonder, do you think Bobby Portis is still, do you think he's had to get his wallet out since June? Because I think he should take that oh, into no. Cal- calculations. No, I don't think Bob, Bobby is a royalty in Milwaukee at this point. I, And it's funny too, thinking just about the Bobby story before he signed here, I recall, um, reading something about him where he mentioned that, you know, I haven't played basketball in months because we didn't get invited to the bubble. So all I've really been doing is practicing. And I remember distinctively him mentioning that he's gotten better at shooting the three. And I read that and was like, every guy says that in the off season, they've gotten better at this. They've gotten better at that. They've gotten better at this. And then I watched him last year and I was like, Oh, okay. You, you have improved. And i watched him again this year. I'm like, okay, this is real. Like it wasn't, a blip on the radar, like you are a very, very good three-point shooter. And I mean, he embodies the type of player that Milwaukee is going to get behind. You know, he, he hustles, he's, he's expressive. He makes the buckets. He, he's, he's everything that fans want to cheer for here. And he embraces the city, which gives the fans even more to cheer for because we love anybody who loves Milwaukee. Like you love us. We're going to love you even harder in return, which also was kind of why I felt like PJ, you know, was able to endear himself to the city so quickly. Um, just hustle players as a uh, Zebo used to always say, like, you know, a blue collar player in a blue collar city. Like it, it works. I've even heard Bobby bring that up a few times too. And 
it just works for him. And if Bobby's had to pay for anything since June, I would be surprised because <laughs> he would have to have wanted to do that himself because I'm sure the offer has been out there that he wouldn't have to pay for anything. Not even take your phone out for the Apple Pay. Just keep everything in your pocket. Milwaukee got you. Yeah, there's something similar about PJ Tucker, Bobby Portis, and and now DeMarcus Cousins here. And there's the reason why they're pretty popular. It's, uh, Boogie Cousins picked up a tech foul in this uh, game against Orlando. I'm not sure if that's his first. He, may, he might already have won. But anyway, it's been coming for a little while. So I, I don't yeah. think it was necessarily a, a reasonable call. I thought it was a bit, uh, bit happy on the whistle there, the official. But either way, Boogie Cousins, he's a passionate guy. Uh, before we wrap this up, uh, one question for you. There were seven offensive rebounds the Bucks had in this game uh, do you know there was one player that had multiple offensive rebounds though do you do you have any guess as to who that would be i know i know that dante had more than one because i watched him and was like man i missed this about dante so i know for sure he was one i'm not sure if anyone else had him but i remember watching the game and remarking dante is back he's out here grabbing boards like like he never left yep that's right and uh, no one else had more than one. So there was a couple of single offensive rebounds. Dante had three. Uh, he had another play where he, he tried to to steal the pass, and it was a, a really smart and instinctive play, but it was deflected and went out of bounds. But just a couple of Dante things. He only finished one for five uh, from the field. All of his attempts were from three. He also was five for five for the free throw line. But uh, again, you know, with him, it's not always about scoring. He'll have those hot nights where he'll knock down those threes. But all the little things, mm-hmm. I just thought was cool again to to see him out there uh camille again uh you woke up at 2 a.m to accept the call for lockdown bucks <laughs> which everyone appreciates everyone always loves it when you're on the podcast did you have a good uh, good last few days though good christmas i know you went to that rockets game frank wasn't there yeah. uh, i hope you weren't just wandering around aimlessly around five set four i'm looking for luckily i saw frank's tweet about uh giving away the tickets which took me and my husband just down memory lane of old favorite bucks players and I was like, wow, we've we've had a lot a lot of guys come through here wearing this jersey. And I realized a lot of my favorites weren't just weren't the most popular guys. Like I was a big Carlos Delfino fan, Del Trio. Like I had the the, the t-shirt jersey for for Delfino. Was a huge Nate Walters fan, which hmm. looking back, thinking about him and like him and Giannis coming in and I was higher on Nate at the time. Like, I love Nate Walters, like he could be somebody. So um, Nader's always gone Nate for me. Uh, man, it's it's just been some some fun teams. But yeah, it's been it's been a really relaxing holiday. I took some time off work, so I've just been able to rest, relax, kind of recharge a little bit, watch a lot of sports, um, watch a lot of TV shows. It's been on my list to to catch up on movies and things of that sort. So it's been really good. Video games and all that. I love it. Well, make sure you check out the Technical Foul podcast as well with Camille and the crew there. They record in weekly, so uh, it's not just basketball. They're hitting all types of different things, so make sure you go check that out as well. Camille will be back on uh, very soon, I'm predicting. That's my prediction here as we roll forward. Bucks and the Magic again. As we said, they're staying down in Orlando, so that game, as I pull up my app and try and do this on the fly, it looks like that's going to be another 6 p.m. tip, Camille. does Does that sound right to you? I believe so. 6 p.m. New Year's Eve basketball for me, not for you guys. For me, it is. Anyway, last game of the year. We'll wrap it up. We will have a post-game pod for that game, so make sure you check that out. But for now, for Camille and myself, uh, stay safe out there. We'll catch you guys after the game.